All right. It says we're live on Zoom. I'm assuming we're live on YouTube. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. It says 112 right there for some reason, but this is actually episode 113. And today we've got some exciting stuff to talk about because we've got some experts on this panel to talk about this topic. We're going to discuss marketing strategies for courses, products, plugins. I done forgot the name and YouTube named it wrong. So <laughs> I blame, I blame Corey Jenkins, marketing, marketing strategies for Divi courses, products, plugins. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to chatting about this. I think everybody on this panel will have a lot to say about this topic, but before we dive off into it, let's go around the helm and introduce ourselves. And we're going to start with ladies first. Hi, Sarah. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here with Endure Web Studios and you can find me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Or you can find her on YouTube because she's been filming <laughs> our Divi Space videos for us lately. I have Ooh. been getting questions. Have I joined Divi Space? No, I haven't officially joined Divi Space, just in case you have the question. She's, she's come I over to the dark side. I haven't left my company. I still have Endure, <laughs> but I am doing some tutorials with these guys and I'm really loving it. I'm really enjoying it. So it's they're just because borrowing. she's so awesome. She's awesome on doing the video tutorial. So we're very grateful. So. She's good. And then David and I, we, we scare people away with our, with our, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Dizzy, Divi space got a little prettier for sure. I know. We did hire, you know, female power. I don't know, man. We've had SJ in there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so glad you're here, Sarah. Hey, Tim. You're hey, muted, Tim. And Tim is muted. Tim is there. He He's not there. We go. Hey, Start hey, over, Tim. Tim. hey Tim. I remember my first episode of Divi Chat. <laughs> I didn't mute myself, by the way. David, did you mute me? I didn't. No, I promise. <laughs> David does that from time to time as a prank. Um, hey everyone, Tim Streifler here, and uh, you can find me online at divilife.com, timstreifler.com, and wpgears.com. Fantastic! Awesome. Hey Corey. <clears throat> uh, sorry <laughs> i thought i was muted and i coughed I, i've been uh i thought i was getting sick and now i feel better but i'm still kind of coughing so Corey jenkins here prescott arizona divi space aspengrovestudios.com right in the middle of a lot of chaos uh we're busy at work we got WordCamp phoenix coming up this week david and tim are we're all gonna unite there so it's it's been been kind of chaotic uh getting ready for the conference and and everything but Looking forward to it. So if any listeners out there are going to be at the uh, at the conference, come and say hello. Absolutely. Hey, Josh. Hey, hey, everybody. I'll be a little jealous not being able to join you guys in Phoenix, but hope to catch up with you guys soon. I am Josh. You can catch me at joshhall.co where I have all my courses and Divi and WordPress related stuff. And then my business is called In Transit Studios. You can go to intransitstudios.com if you want to see what we're up to there. Awesome. So glad you're here. And my name is David Blackman with Aspen Grove Studios, Divi Space and WP Gears. And I am super pumped to be here today to talk to you about this topic. Uh, you know, it's interesting. YouTube updated and corrected the link now. That's kind of strange. So I was just going to uh, say, David, yeah, it, it, when I clicked on it in the very beginning, it was correct. So I think it just takes about 30 seconds for it to 
to go over gotcha. for whatever reason. Appreciate it. As Corey said, WordCamp Phoenix is coming up this week. Tim and I will be talking. We're going to be doing a talk on email marketing. It's called Over the Shoulder Email Marketing. And we're going to kind of touch on the strategies that we do, which does also entail marketing products and courses and stuff. So we'll probably yeah. touch on some of that today. So we would love, if you're a Divi Chat viewer, listener, watcher, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, period. If you just listen to us on our website and you're going to be at WordCamp Phoenix, we would love to, for you to come and say hi. We'd love to meet you and stuff. Last year I had uh, somebody, I was wearing a, our uh, shirt and it has the URL on the back of it. And somebody was behind me and they said, oh, I watch, the, I watch your webinars. And I was like, webinars. <laughs> and they, oh, meant, yeah. they, meant, they meant the Divi Chat uh, YouTube. So yeah, when you said the, the URL was on the back of the shirt, I thought you were going to say that someone tried to click the back of your shirt to go to the webpage when they're standing yeah. in line behind you. Yeah, that would be I, awesome. I, I was going to say, we're, <laughs> we're very approachable. So if you see us there, just talk to our agent first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you right. see us there, yeah. schedule time, and then we can say hi. Yeah. Our people will call yeah. your people. Now, come on over and say hi. We want to meet you. We're, we would love to see you. It's always great meeting. I like meeting people, period. So, um, Oh, and, and Nancy says in the chat, Corey, you're going to have everyone over to your house for barbecue, right, after uh, WordCamp Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. N Nancy's my Facebook friend, so she's probably seeing that I barbecue and uh, smoke and and do all that kind of stuff all the time. So, hey, at our Airbnb, you guys, I'll, I'll hook up the uh, the meats if they have a barbecue. <laughs> all right. Well, let's dive off into today's topic. I had a couple of things before we jump into it. I think there's a couple of different things that come into play when you talk about marketing strategies for anything, courses, products, plugins. Uh and, and because it's going to be different, your strategy is going to be different and it's going to depend on one of two things. A, do you have an audience to market to? And B, are you starting from scratch? Just because you don't have an audience for a product doesn't mean you can't create a product and you can't market it. There's some ways to go about doing that as well. So, um, you know, obviously having an audience is a whole lot easier, but Everybody on this panel that has products and courses and stuff like that started with no audience. So we all started somewhere and stuff. So why don't we open up with just talking about, um, you know, initial strategies for, you know, marketing when in the beginnings, let's, let's assume we have no audience because obviously if you have an audience, we're going to have, we're going to dive a whole lot deeper. Um, but if you have no audience and you create an awesome product or course, what do we do to market it? I could talk on this for a whole hour, so y'all may have to stop me. I'll let y'all jump in and stuff and uh, just kind of. Tim's, Tim's about to jump in. I'm, I'm jumping. I'm, uh, jumping. So for me, um, I, I guess I'll just kind of share my story, how I got involved with products. I kind of, uh, you know, I, I was using Divi from, from day one, using Elegant Themes well before Divi came out. Uh, and I saw people starting to create child themes. And I was like, that's such a waste of time. No one's going to buy those. There's no market there. And then I um, had a, a small plugin that I had created for a client site. And I put it out there into the marketplace. 
and people started to buy it. And I saw that, that, Hey, there's a real potential here. There actually is a growing market of people that want to buy Divi products. And so I uh, created a couple, uh, a plugin and then a child theme, and then people kept buying it, but it was on a third party marketplace. So I had no audience. I didn't have my own customer base. So I launched Divi life. And so my strategy was, okay, create content, create value, grow an audience, grow an email list. And so that's what I did. I started with a bunch of tutorials. Uh, people would subscribe. Um, the my goal was to always have the tutorial have a video component, a text component, and something for free that they could uh, download and subscribe to my email list. And so I kind of slowly did that for a while as I was uh, creating more products. And then um, when I did have you know my first. I want to say real big plug-in Divi overlays, I already had an existing audience. And so as David mentioned, when you have an audience, you can go out and you can sell products. And so I think that's like a super straightforward strategy, you know, create value somehow, tutorials, blog posts, freebies, whatever, get people on your email list. And you're going to uh, have a list of people that um, already know you, like you, trust you. So when you do have a paid product, uh, it's a really simple transition. Um, if you have a product that people desire to have and you know, there's value there, obviously it has to be worth the money. They're not just going to give you money for no reason. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like in a nutshell, uh, my strategy and it works super well. It's nothing, you know, it's not rocket science or anything. It's pretty, um, straightforward, but yeah. Anybody else want to jump in before I start talking again? Well, mine, mine's kind of similar to Tim in the fact that I started with more content. Although, Tim, I didn't realize that you had something on a Divi Marketplace before, you know, actually producing free content. Um, mine kind of was a, it was an odd way to go about getting into courses. So I don't, I only have, I have a handful of layouts on my site, but I really don't promote those. And I need to kind of revamp a couple of them. But my big thing is courses, obviously, for those who know me in the community. And I actually did not intentionally start my whole endeavor to get into courses. I thought I was going to do products and child themes and, and layouts and stuff. And what I realized was by doing course or by doing tutorials, I just loved it so much. And I fell in love with teaching that I decided courses might be a way to go. And now I just love it. I, I would do courses 24 seven if I could do it. Um, so that's kind of my, my big area that I'm trying to capitalize on now. But what's interesting is that, while the marketing strategies that I've put in place are similar to Tim's as far as creating tutorials and some um, email capturing kind of things for, for free downloads, it was a longer process for a couple reasons, but the, the process of selling courses is a lot different than products. Tim, I know you and I had a chat about that a while back and you told me when I got into courses, with products, there's a sense of urgency because when you're making a Divi site and you're like, I wish I had like an overlay that I could just click and it, you know, it popped open. Well, there's Divi overlays and you're probably going to drop, you know, 10 bucks on it for a single license or 50 for a, an unlimited or whatever the pricing is. So it's a lot easier to sell something like a, a product often, whereas a course is an investment in yourself. And sometimes the sense of urgency isn't there. So it's kind of interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, you know, that in a little more detail, but so mine's kind of similar to Tim, although I'm, I'm at a different place now with like continuously marketing those because it is a little bit different than, than products. Yeah. I feel like. That's All right. Awesome. One thing I, I would do want to say, I, I'm going to preface everything I say with, I do think that there is the long strategy is the best strategy 
when you're going into the products stuff. So it's not an overnight thing. It's not something that's going to take off immediately and stuff. So don't get discouraged if you create a super awesome product and nobody's just rushing out to buy it and stuff. Um, because it, it does take time. You know, it takes time. One of the things that Tim didn't mention that I think is really, really key with in the beginnings when you don't have an audience and stuff and ways that you can um, get your product out there, get awareness about it beyond tutorials, doing that kind of stuff is collaborations, working with other people, finding right. people who have established audiences already and seeing if you can tap into that. It doesn't mean that um, you're going to go and just steal their audience and stuff, make it worth their while. You know, I mean, um, you know, I've, I've always had that spirit of collaboration and Hey, let's, let's work together. And even when I came into WordPress, I really, I saw these, um, online marketers and I don't remember all of their names, but like Frank Kern and, um, some of the popular ones that, you know, I kept their stuff just kept popping up everywhere I went. And, you know, Amy Porterfield and, and several of these online marketers. And I kept thinking, you know, these people know each other. I guarantee you they're sitting in a back room, they're huddling up and they're like, okay, I've got this new product coming out and, you know, I'll, you know, I'll help with my audience, help you launch your product coming out in the future and stuff. And I don't know why I just had this vision that that was going on, like a mastermind thing. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. That's a great idea. You know, so I've always kind of looked to, um, help, you know, or collaborate and partner with people. And it really, really is beneficial. Um, Coopetition, right, David? Coopetition, co co absolutely. I uh, think Tim, that works from a few perspectives because there's the thing of like, if I hear you, David, talking about Divi overlays, for example, I know we're just <laughs> plugging Divi overlays here, but if, if I hear you talking about it, then it gives me a sense of, well, I know David and I trust David and he's saying Divi overlays is good. And so it gives almost more of a, I would prefer to hear from someone else that a product is good than from the person who made it, because I feel yeah. like I can trust that that little bit more. And even if you guys have organized that behind the scenes, it still gives me a bigger sense of trust. The fact that someone else said it other than just Tim saying, hey, I've got this amazing product. If there's someone else I trust who knows what they're talking about, they say it's good, then I'm more likely to yeah. let go of some money for that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the thing is like that, like, you know, you'll see in the Facebook groups, you know, somebody be looking for a product and I'll recommend Tim's product or somebody else's product. We're, we're not only doing that just, just because we're in a, in an inner circle and we're helping each other out. If I thought like Tim's product was crap, I, I probably wouldn't recommend it. It's a good product. We've used it and you know, we're recommending it to people. So it, it's, it's not yeah. like we're just in this inner circle and pumping up our, our, you know, each other's products. Um, well, that's a good way to lose trust, right? So you don't ever want to recommend a product that's crap. Yeah. Because it's, it's stuff people that, are never going to trust you in the future. Yeah. It's stuff that we've used. We have installed on our own websites and, and that we trust. So. Yeah. Yeah. One on, on David's point with the, the collaboration um, pretty early on in my Divi career, again, this is to David's credit. Uh, he came up with the concept of the ultimate Divi bundle where David and Corey's products, my products, um, SJ before he had joined forces with, with David and Corey, and then Dan with Divi booster, we put together the ultimate Divi bundle and I was pretty new at the time. And so 
I was able to, in a way, leverage their audience. However, it was beneficial because we were we were sharing revenue evenly, and they were bringing more revenue than I was bringing because my website was a lot newer. So it got me pumped, and I was like motivated because I wanted to return the favor, and basically I wanted to like you know bring my share of of revenue to the table. So it motivated me to you know do things with email marketing and stuff like that to um, so that it, it wasn't that all of them that were carrying the weight, you know. And so, you know, I think that was like the perfect example of a collaboration that it was probably, you know, in complete honesty, most beneficial for me because I was the newest to the table, but it forced me or motivated me to help promote it more, you know, and find other new ways to promote it, you know, to where we all benefited. So, yeah. So, and I actually, he doesn't, we actually did something right before Divi Bundle. There was a bundle that Tim's not remembering. It was just the two of us. It was the oh, yeah. editor. That was the original bundle. And then we dove off into the unlimited. It, it was, yeah, Ghoster and, and Dashboard Welcome. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We we had done that. And Tim was new. He was new in the community and stuff. But I just, I, I just, he kept providing a lot of value to the community and stuff. And I thought, you know what? This is, I think it's a good fit. Tim's right. Our audience was a whole lot bigger than his at that time, but it didn't really matter and stuff. You know, we just, we went together and, and did it. So it works. Um, yeah. Corey, you were going to say, something? I mean, it, it still could have benefited oh. you in the fact that oh. the product yeah. that the other person has is something that right. yeah, means that they absolutely. bought it. So they used your audience. They right. bought it because they saw Tim's product, yeah. but in turn, it meant that they spent money on your product when really all they really wanted was Tim's product. Yeah, potentially. Absolutely. So, you know, like even though your audience oh. is the one that you're capturing, potentially that other product that's brand new is going to help people actually get over the line on your product as well. Absolutely. And then they'll try it and then they'll recommend it. And, you know, yeah, I, I love collaborations and bundles and stuff like that because yeah. you're right. You don't know, you do benefit from regardless of the size of audience. If it's a, you know, somebody's on the fence that's in your audience, eh, Ghoster, I don't know that I need it. And so, oh, yeah. you know, here's this other product. Sarah's 100% right. And uh, also, too, I mean, there's, oh. there's a whole market for getting involved with this without collaboration, too, from the start. I mean, I'm all about collaboration as well, but I built my YouTube channel by just doing tutorials and they kind of just blew up on me. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm surprised at how many, like how limited... Uh, the spaces on YouTube. Like there's a lot of room for people to do tutorials on YouTube. You do open yourself up to a lot when you do tutorials on YouTube. A lot of comments, a lot of criticism, a lot of, uh, there's just a whole nother aspect to YouTube. That's probably a different show, but um, it is still like wide open. A lot of people will do blog posts and posts in Facebook groups, but there's something about a YouTube tutorial. And the thing about YouTube is people are looking for Divi tips, tricks, and help, and they're hungry. So it's not a Facebook post that like it's scrolling by them and they're not really interested. YouTube, if they find you on YouTube, they're interested in Divi and they want to learn more. So it's been a really interesting engagement scenario for me to see like the channel grow. Um, I have found with courses in particular to selling courses, um, I really like am not doing any promotional things on YouTube with my courses, at least right, not right now, because they do not go over well. I get a bunch of thumbs downs and it makes me so mad as a, cause I've been doing free tutorials <laughs> for years. And as soon as I say, Hey, I actually have a course so I can, you know, pay my bills. And then I get a bunch of thumbs down. So it, uh, it's interesting. Oh, that makes that. Yeah. You have like 
how many tutorial videos do you have? Dozens of videos providing so much value. And then it's, <laughs> oh, hey, I have this one paid thing over here. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Now, oh, what's terrible. I know, right? It, it, what's interesting, though, is so I've kind of I've thought about this with how I and I, I really haven't done a great job at marketing my courses yet because courses are tough. And this, it, it, like I was talking about with you, Tim, it's different with products because courses generally you sell them when you launch them. You do enrollment periods or you have big sales. Um, but it's hard to sell those on a consistent basis as you would with products or plugins where somebody needs it. So YouTube is tough as far as sales go. For me, the biggest, uh, the biggest converter has been email. And I found that people on my email list, I've intentionally, um, I haven't done a really good job of growing that because I only have a handful of uh, downloads or opt-ins. But I'm okay with that right now because I feel like I'm going for quality over quantity. So I don't have a huge email list, but I have such a low unsubscribe rate that it's proven to me that I'm not getting the random people who just want to download something and then they want to bail or unsubscribe. So um, email is the biggest for me. I'm sure we'll talk about Facebook, but I have found out just if anyone's doing courses or anything like that, or even products, I don't know how products work on YouTube, but uh, definitely selling on YouTube is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, on YouTube, you know, I, I don't think you approach it from the, you know, from the selling standpoint, I think, and, and we've seen it recently with Sarah, um, just putting those like tutorial videos, how to do this, you know, with Divi and then using this plugin or this, you know, this theme possibly. Um, it, it, I think if you just go out and like try to directly sell your, your product on there, it's not going to work as well. YouTube is like huge on the how to type, um, tutorial thing. So if you integrate your product into that, whether it be a course or a plugin or a theme, it's, it's going to work way better than just like, Hey, this plugin, you know, it's the best plugin ever. It's going to help you like increase sales. And the, the, the salesy type stuff doesn't work as well as the how to type stuff on, on YouTube. Yeah. yeah and it definitely. may not be that it sells the product. Like people might not find your product because they're on YouTube necessarily, but if someone gets your product and then they discover you have this whole suite of tutorials of how to use the product, then that's going to make them like you as a company more. So then when you come out with another new product, they're going to feel like, well, these guys really look after me. Like um, a long time ago, I made a bunch of tutorials for essential grid on Facebook, uh, sorry, on YouTube. And the interesting thing was the company themselves didn't have any tutorials. They, they had a few, but they were really vague. They weren't in English, like they weren't helpful at all. So for the company, I actually helped their company by making those tutorials. And it did help me grow an audience on YouTube. But aside from that, like for the company, they should have probably paid me for it because it actually helped them right. keep people using their product. So by making tutorials, maybe it doesn't sell the product, but maybe it sells the next product because they know that you're going to supply them with heaps of information on how to use it. So then when you come out with a new product, they're going to be like, hell yes, I'm in because they look after me once I buy their product. And you're right, Sarah, it's, it's like indirect sales. So, and I've kind of realized yeah. that doing YouTube now, somebody will generally find one of my tutorials randomly by searching something. They'll say, oh, I like this tutorial. They always got some more tutorials. I'll check this out. Then if they're on my site and they, they start poking around and they say, oh, well, he's actually got web design courses. If I, you know, I really like the tutorials. I learned a lot. I like the teaching style. Maybe I'll like a course. They check out one course. And then I've had quite a few students do one course and then do my bundle or do more courses. So it's been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, like the different mediums. I think Facebook is a little easier 
to sell directly than YouTube. And then email for me is, is the biggest converter. I want yeah. to, I want to touch on before we dive off into some other stuff on the YouTube stuff, because um, kind of what Sarah was saying and, and what Josh was saying about promoting your own products and stuff. I will say YouTube, you're just trying to have to figure it out and stuff. And it is, it does work a whole lot better when it comes from someone else, which is what Sarah was touching on, you know, somebody else recommending your product and stuff. Josh, for example, is probably our number one course affiliate, isn't he, Tim? And yeah. he did a YouTube video, you know, on, hey, you need to go check out this course. You know, he is an affiliate. He disclosed, you know, but he sent us a, a, a lot of traffic and quite a few people bought the course. And at the same time, Josh did really well, too, because he got, you know, it was not an inexpensive course. And he got... um he got a, you know, 25% of what the course costs. So it was, Actually, it was a that's nice. that's a great point, right? Because yeah. if I'm looking to purchase something, especially if it's a little bit more expensive, I will often go to YouTube and look at that product and then look for reviews. So yeah. I'll often stick reviews after it. And then I go and watch a few people's reviews. And I know that some of them are paid. Like they're really obvious that they're paid, but they still talk through the product in a way right. that it helps me see, is it going to do what I need it to do or yeah. not? And yeah. usually they won't promote products that they think are crap anyway. And so I feel like that gives it at least one little step forward. Yeah. I know they're going to make some money through it. I'm okay with that. But at the same time, for me, it gives me some reassurance that there's a review out there. And if there are no reviews for a product, I'm often more wary of it because I feel yeah, like that's... if no one's bothered to review this product, then I don't know if I'm in for it. <laughs> it's funny. I get approached quite a bit now with people saying, hey, will you do a YouTube video on on my plugin or something? And most people just ask for free and some ask to do it for, for, like, a, for like a fee or whatever. But I, I don't do that because I'm only going to do it if number one, I trust and like the people I'm going to recommend those products for. And then I'm also only going to do that if I trust it because it's a recommendation on me too. Um, so like with David and Tim's course, I knew it was going to be really good and it was going to be really valuable. And I didn't have any courses at that time. And I wanted to be able to help a lot of people who in this case wanted to start their own Divi business. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Daryl Wilson is a, a good example of, of that on his channel because he does tutorials. He also does product reviews, but um, he's not afraid to say when he doesn't like something. And so, and he's gotten flack from that. He, he told uh, David and I about it um, from a, another theme company, not Divi. Uh, I won't name any names. Um, <laughs> and so I think w when you have that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you have that honesty and you, you don't, you know, you're not always like, you know, recommending everything you're, you're able to be honest, even if you don't make as much affiliate income, then you build that trust. Um, another thing I wanted to mention, cause we talked about on YouTube, how it, you know, it can be hard to be, you know, to, to sell products and, and stuff like that. I think um, a, a concept that I hear a lot of, of the big internet marketing gurus talking about, and it doesn't just apply to YouTube, it applies to Facebook, uh, you know, any type of ad. And that's front end offers versus back end offers. So like, when you're like doing some sort of ad campaign or marketing or something, your first instinct is to you know, promote the paid product, you know, to this cold audience. Um, however, most people are like, okay, well, I don't know who this company is. So why would I buy their product? Um, however, if you promote something free, something, some sort of content tutorial, uh, you know, freebie download, whatever. And then later you promote them on your email list, you've earned that trust and that credibility and that they're a little more warmed up to you. And so 
uh, on YouTube is a great example where, you know, Josh can do tutorials and he can get people onto his site, you know, to download the code or, or whatever it is, you know, that goes with the tutorial. Well, now they're on his platform. Now they can subscribe to his list. So then, then he can email market them uh, to his paid courses and they already know who he is. They've already built that credibility and trust. And so it's not so much on the front end, it's on the back end. And so a lot of times as, as people that are doing marketing, we want to, you know, always push the paid products first because that's where we see the revenue. But um, on the back end, it's more long-term and it's slower, but um, it pays off much, much more. Yeah, well, oh, I was gonna. Oh, sorry, go ahead, David. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Josh. I was just gonna. No, say, I was just gonna say it is. It is a long-term game. It's. It's much different than probably like my web design business. Things are a little more immediate, and I can do some marketing or I can network, and I get immediate results that are are pretty quick ROI. However. I, I just love doing courses and I love the whole Divi community and I'm loving this whole side endeavor because it is very different. And now I'll be honest, there's nothing better than waking up and like selling a course and being like, Oh, I just <laughs> sold a course and I was sleeping. This is freaking <laughs> making uh, money so while you sleep. <laughs> it, it is great. But now like there, there's a whole nother level of satisfaction with it too. And I think you get the same thing with products and, and plugins to where like we're helping people grow their web design businesses. We're helping people work from, for themselves at home and provide for their family. It's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but what was, what I was going to say is it is a long haul. I mean, I, so I started doing tutorials in August of 2017 and then, so long story short, I was doing free tutorials. All my content was free. I did get paid for being an elegant themes blog contributor, which definitely helped kind of grow my, um, my notoriety in the community. And I started my free Facebook group, of course. Um, but doing all that shortly thereafter, we found out we were going to be pregnant. We had some pregnancy issues and stuff, and then things kind of got derailed, uh, up until we had my daughter. So I was doing free content and then I had fully planned on doing like paid plugins and stuff. And then that just didn't happen because I just didn't have the time to do it. Um, so I ended up doing free content for well over a year before I made barely any money doing it. So it, it is a long haul. Obviously, that's not ideal. You'd probably have some sort of product to sell while you build your free content. But I think it's important just to know that while that free content is is taking a lot of time, it can seem like um, very costly at first, it will pay off eventually and it goes a long way. So it was worth yeah. it then? Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, 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 I'm going to say... I'm going to say on the free content, I mean, we, uh, how long did we go, David, before we had a paid plugin, like after we released? Yeah, it was a while. We we put yeah. out a lot of free stuff for probably almost a year, six months to a year. Yeah. Before. Which and was, it, we yeah. didn't intentionally do it. It worked out great for us because we built an audience doing that, but. Yeah, for for us, yeah, for us it was it was audience building, and then um, you know we we were kind of surprised by the success of our free products, and it got to a point. I mean, we were selling products for nothing, and we were both you know putting putting effort into it, doing support, and and all kinds of stuff on them. You know, to where finally we just went, all right, we need a paid product to like supplement this this extra time that we're putting in. Yeah, we were doing free support. Corey's right. I mean a ton. Yeah, I, I remember for nothing, I, I you know, staying up till 10, 11 at night doing support on on stuff. And and it, it was exciting. It's fun. And and you should you should be excited about the product itself and helping the community. But yeah, at the same time eventually you need to monetize and you need to make money to make your efforts worth it. But that that that's where we were at at you know four years ago is just the excitement the yeah. community and then it 
morphed into where we are at today. So here's the next tip on marketing strategies for your products, different courses and stuff. I want to give a shout out to Cloudhouse Collective, who just purchased an annual membership from <laughs> Divi Space. There's your marketing tip 101. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, of course, but I figured I'd, I'd do a funny because it did come in 12 minutes ago and wanted to give them a shout. You know, you know what's funny, though, is when I so I decided I was going to do my first course uh, last summer and I just loved it. And I had it, you know, it was just it was one of the coolest experiences launching my first course and then seeing people hungry for more. And when I started trying to think about how to sell courses and how to do it more frequently, I could not help but think about Tim. Like little Tim showed up my shoulder and was like, remember people love be to buy, but they don't love being sold, sold to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I, just, um, I had that thought the whole time, but it's so true, particularly like we're talking about YouTube. It is, um, it's tough because like, I want to get, the, I want to get the word out that I have the courses, but I'm so leery about coming across too salesy. Yeah. Um, so I'm more or less focused on just driving traffic and getting, you know, producing good content and building that trust. And I know inevitably people are going to click that courses link and that's where I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage doing this kind of stuff. So here's what I'll tell you you need to do, Josh, you need to get you some drones and jet planes in the background if you're going to do the YouTube and tell them to come buy oh, your yeah. stuff. <laughs> my courses. Check out my rusty. Buy my courses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. Um, well, let's talk about, I'll share some of our strategies. We've kind of touched on, you know, what we've done and stuff. But let's say you, we've already kind of covered, you know, you don't have an audience, what you may want to do to, you know, start doing that through collaboration, partnerships putting free content, starting to build an audience and stuff. Well, let's, let's say you're down the road, you've got products and you've got an audience built and it's growing. What kind of strategies do you employ? Josh mentioned one thing that in my opinion is still hands down number one, because we've run ads, we've done a lot of stuff and email marketing is king. And Tim and I were talking about this. I believe it was yesterday. Um, you know, when you have, when you're putting out a lot of value and you have an email list, for example, and that email list is growing. And let's just say that your email list is 10,000 people. You don't have to have all 10,000 people buy your products to have a very successful product. You know, when I was looking at like email click-through rates and stuff, when you get really bummed and stuff, but I don't get bummed too often. I, the analytics don't mean anything to me. It's all about sales and, and is it moving forward and is it growing and is there dollars coming in the bank for what you're doing? Can it be better? Probably so. So when you have those, oh my God, I've only got a 2% click-through rate. You know, I've got only a, an 18% open rate. Well, if you do some math, you know, on a 2% click-through rate on 10,000 or our email list, for example, which is, you know, quite a bit larger than that. All of a sudden you realize, oh, wow. Okay. So a thousand people have clicked through my email. Oh, wow. Well, even if I only convert 10% of those thousand people, oh, wow. A hundred people just bought my products. Well, if you have a cheap, a product that's only, even if it's only, $25 or $50, you are 
you know, it can, it, it can grow. So, you know, email marketing is huge, still big number one, in my opinion. So really interesting. Cause like I get really annoyed at spam email, but I would have to say that the majority of times I actually purchase something, it comes from an email um, that has come to me. So it's very, very rare that I will buy something through Facebook ads because they just annoy me. And I have this instant like <laughs> gut, ugh, like don't force me to have to see your ad. Whereas with an email, I know that I signed up to the list. So if something comes up, like I generally in the morning, just go through all of that kind of unimportant list, which all of these things fit into that. And I generally just go through and delete out everything all in one go but I will keep a couple that spark my interest so it has to have a good heading for it to like spark me at all and then I will have a look at the email and then if I have a look at the email and it sparks a little bit more then I'll click on it I'll have a look at the product and then I may or may not purchase it but I would still say as a consumer that even though I get really annoyed at the amount of junk that comes into my email and I've got better at unsubscribing from stuff I don't want to see I would still say that is where I make my purchases is from emails. It's very yeah. powerful. It's like personal too. I think email just because even though you're sending an email to a few thousand people or several thousand or whatever it is, there's still something about like something going to your email box, which people, I mean, I know a lot of people dog email. I love email personally. And yeah. just cause I can control it and I have a good system and a lot of, but a lot of people, they just, I don't know. It's true for whatever reason, email is just a little more powerful I think because maybe like, you know what, maybe it's because they're taking the time to open it if they do look at it, as opposed to if you see something scroll across your feed on Facebook, you're not expecting that or you aren't, you know, you're not looking at that. Like if I get something from Divi yeah. Space or from Tim from Divi Life and I say, oh, they, you know, Tim has a new product out or something. Well, I can't get to that right now, but I'll look at it in like an hour. It's like you're almost in the frame of mind that you're you know, willing yeah. to look at it. And I'm choosing, right? So if something comes through yeah. my Facebook feed, I'm not choosing to see that ad. But if I check my unimportant list in my emails, I'm choosing to see what's there. And then I'm choosing to delete out what I don't even want to look at. So I'm having all of those choices along the way. And I can choose to look at the email because I want to see, hey, does anyone have a new product out that I want to have a look at? I'm making that choice. So I feel like, even in that moment, I'm not being sold to because I chose to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing, you know, if you're in the product business and you're a marketer or own a company where, you know, where you have a product and you're even assisting in the marketing, you, you need to like, in my mind, try to subscribe to as many of those lists as possible, especially, <laughs> especially your competitors and, and not that, you know, you're trying to copy what they're doing or anything like that. Maybe somebody's doing something really great that, that you can learn from. I mean, we, we look at people who might even be, uh, you know, might be a smaller company than, than we are, but some people were, we're kind of blown away with, you know, at their marketing and we're like, man, that, that looks awesome. Look at what they're doing. And, um, and so, vice versa. And you can almost yeah. look at that and be like, wow, that is not a good way to go. But yeah, but, but the point is like, you know, it, it might, it might seem like a lot of email, but you can always learn something and it might not even be something related to your product. It might be the way somebody's marketing, a product in a different industry that you can even relate to yours. And uh, so if you're, if you're doing it, if you're in the product business, just kind of become a student yeah. of it and know what's happening around you. So on that you know, note, I, I oh, click, sorry. sorry, real quick. I, I click on a lot of Facebook ads and I subscribe to a lot of email lists uh, just for that reason to see what they're doing. Um, you know, what their, their automation sequence looks like. 
uh, you know, what their funnel looks like. Cause I, I mentioned before the front end and the back end offers, it's like, okay, well the, the really smart marketers, they're not showing you their, their back end offers in the Facebook ad stream. Uh, you have to subscribe to their freebie to see what they're actually promoting. And so I subscribe just to kind of see how that all looks. And I know David does too. He has like different folders yeah. for different marketers and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to learn. I, I, I want to learn from them because there are some great ones out there and I'm a, I'm a very much a proponent of not reinventing the wheel, you know, see what somebody's doing, see what's working really well and just replicate it, you know, put it, put it into your own process and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I, from a Facebook perspective, one, some of my most popular posts have been when I just get a little more personal, transparent, or a little more real. So instead of being like, Hey, my, my maintenance plan course launched today, um, you know, get it today for low price of blah, blah, blah. Uh, instead of doing something like that, which is like a strategy you would normally see on TV. I remember when I launched my maintenance plan course, I had a picture with my little baby at the time and she spent a lot of nights on my chest when, you know, mama was pumping and stuff and I had to take the baby for a little bit, but I had to edit the course. And it was kind of cool because we got the course done and it was like, she was with me during a lot of that. And so my Facebook post was just saying like, Hey, me and Bria, you know, she's it's excited to have daddy back for a little bit because the course is out. And I got a lot of traffic from that post just because it was something different than a salesy in your face kind of email. So I'm really trying to think about stuff like that to try to be anti salesy, but high awareness. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention too about David talked about the email marketing and the analytics and looking at click through rates and stuff like that. Um, what I love about internet marketing is it's really like you get to use both sides of your brain. You get to have the analytical side, you get to have the creative side. And so if you look at the, the analytical side with the actual analytics, it becomes a numbers game and you know, okay, my, my email list is worth, you know, X amount of dollars per subscriber. So then naturally, okay, the more subscribers I get, the more value overall in terms of revenue I get. And you know, okay, well, if I get, you know, X amount of subscribers to download this freebie, then, uh, you know, X percentage will go on to become a paid customer. So then it's like, okay, how many more of this freebie do I have to give away? And then it becomes fun because as Josh mentioned earlier, you're actually helping people. You're helping them grow their business. If you have good products, good freebies, stuff like that. So then it's like, you know, you kind of on two sides, you're like, I get to help more people by promoting this freebie, which in turn, long-term is going to help me grow my business with more revenue. And then you can like do the math and get really nerdy and, and nerd out over that kind of stuff. But anyways, it's awesome. No, it, it's yeah. great. I mean, it's, it's exactly 100% true and correct. You know, I tell people all the time there when, when they're, whether you're looking to get clients or you're looking to sell products, the value of, of what you give to the world is just going to come back immensely. Even on the client side, I was never afraid to, oh, you can't, you're going to teach your clients to do this thing that they should be paying you to, to do? And I'm like, sure, why not? I mean, look, here's my philosophy and theory. If they're the type that are like me and they're do-it-yourselfers, they're going to figure it out anyways. They're not paying you. You know, but if you help them, you know, I, I, it's the plumber, you know, analogy, you know, of a plumber going on YouTube. And I've told some businesses this, you know, go give away, teach them how to do some simple things that they can do themselves. Oh, well, then they won't hire me. Well, who cares? They're not hiring you anyways. They're going to watch somebody else's YouTube channel, figure out how to fix it. 
But if you put out that free valuable content, when something else does come up, when they do need you, you're going to be the one that's in the top of their mind. And that's where the value of YouTube is, Josh. Is yeah, you're, view, you're viewed as an expert. And it's interesting you say that, David, because with my web design business in Transit Studios, I think nearly 30 or maybe 40% of our business now is global from my YouTube channel. So yeah. they, they found me on YouTube, but they're a company who is looking for help. And then they end up hiring our company to do the full website. So it's interesting. It kind of translates to both worlds. Yeah, it's huge. It's cool. I mean, it's all seamless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my final thoughts today later on when we end this podcast and kind of give you my, my value of where, where your marketing focuses and what my plan is and stuff and how it kind of ties together in about two minutes. But um, so we've talked about email, we've talked about Facebook and YouTube. Are there any other mediums that you guys are using successfully to promote your stuff? Is Instagram even in the mix? Snail mail, direct, direct mail campaign. I was, I was just <laughs> typing back to Mike Devitt on the chat. So I'll just say here, I, I have my, so I don't, I never set up an Instagram for joshhall.co, but what I do is when I do my ads on Facebook, I just, it gives me an option to post on Instagram as well. So I do click that. I don't find that there's much of a return on Instagram. And quite frankly, the demographic is a little bit different because most of Instagram, at least who are going to be seeing my stuff are going to be teenagers and probably early twenties who don't either, you know, they might have the budget to do a course, but, um, I found that that's not really great. So if, if I was a different kind of shop, I would do it, you know, but um, I'm curious, I don't know if that works for you guys as far as plugins and products go. We yeah, have Instagram, we post, but whether or not it's a good return, I don't know because I just don't focus. But I will say that we don't ignore it. We don't ignore any of the platforms. We have Twitter, Instagram, all of the main ones. And we do post. Oh, and then what about LinkedIn? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know Sarah and uh, David Ulster love LinkedIn <laughs> conversations. Yeah, so we post there, but oh, we're exactly. not. You know, I mean, ads will run there as well if you choose to and stuff. I, I agree with Josh. The audience is different there. Here's what you need to do: you need to figure out what works best for your company, and then focus your energies there. So if it's YouTube, now, Facebook, website, emails, focus there. You know, and then secondarily, do you do the other things? Post there, if but you've don't. Got time for yeah, Instagram, because what I would be doing with Instagram is helping people get to know you, because yeah. for me, Instagram is about getting to know the people behind companies. So I quite like when people are really personal. I wouldn't buy the things necessarily from them. Like they don't ever promote their products. Oh, sometimes every now and then they will, but mostly it's about getting to know them, getting to know the team. It being a bit quirky and a little bit like you know, showing the craziness of life of running a business or whatever. Yeah. It makes me like them more. So then when I see an email from them that's promoting a product in my email, I feel this like heart flutter thing towards them because I feel like I know them from Instagram. So that's how I would put, if you have time, that's how I would use Instagram. Yeah. I had an Instagram idea a couple of years ago, probably I'd never done it because I just don't have the time, but it goes with what Sarah's saying. I'm going to put it out there. Somebody go do this. I guarantee you're going to kill it. Josh, you too, Tim. I know you don't have the time, Um, (laughs) but if you do something like a behind the scenes Tuesday where you are doing an Insta story or an Insta TV and you do, you are sharing your, behind the scenes business and you're just streaming kind of deal. That is interesting because 
I think I think it would kill it. I think people I thought about I have it on my tutorial. I have it on my my vlog list to do a uh, like life in the day of a web designer. Yeah. And on the day where I have a meeting and I go to a coffee shop and work on a course, like doing just some snapping some videos during all that. Um, well, I'm talking yeah. about a regular day a week, like putting a oh, what, oh. We're, what we're doing Wednesday. Oh, every gotcha. Wednesday at the same time behind the scenes. I'm going live. You know, yeah, but, but, but Josh is right. When you mix in the personal aspect, like, you know, like, yeah. like your kids, like David knows, like I'll be in here working and then, you know, one of my kids will come in here and, you know, doing something kind of, you know, funny. And, um, it, it's just, you know, a, a day in the life kind of sometimes, but yeah. but yeah, also pertinent to what's going on with the company and maybe new things you're working on and stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty yeah. slow today. And so I'm like two conversations behind, but in terms of Instagram <laughs> ads, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, strategies that I've heard can be really effective because yeah, Instagram ads can, aren't typically super effective. Um, I just think because of the format, people are, are, are wanting to see, you know, the people they're following, just the images, that sort of thing. But um, retargeting ads on Instagram, uh, Neil Patel, I believe said that like he gets huge returns because um, they say it takes seven touch points for someone to buy a product. And so they might see it once you know, from, you know, whatever offer email list, and then you retarget them across all the platforms. That way they'll see it, you know, multiple times, multiple platforms, that sort of and thing. And not everybody needs that product or course right away. I've found that out. Like I just sold a maintenance plan course and I kind of forget like, well, I released that last year, but maybe that person saw it and just didn't need it back then. But now they have a, they have a business and they want to have a maintenance plan and they want to know how to do it. So yeah, I think it's the same thing with products too, as far as that goes. Uh, I didn't want to, I did want to mention something real quick, just because I know we're getting close on time. So uh, Mike Devitt had asked in the chat, and I think this applies to products and plugins as well, is what about your content getting outdated? So I thought about that with courses. Like most of my courses, despite them being based around Divi and WordPress and stuff, I intentionally try to make my courses timeless. And for example, like I have a web design process course, that process course, you don't even need to use Divi. You, you don't even need to use WordPress. That it's the same process. There may be some specific things to Divi into WordPress, but the idea of the whole process can be a custom website too. Um, so even with like, I'm wrapping up my WooCommerce course, I tried to intentionally make it to where WooCommerce and WordPress would have to change dramatically for that not to be valid. Um, I think plugins might be a little bit different with updates, but course wise, I know I'm doing my best to make sure that they're valid for years. Um, that yeah. way I don't, I'm all, I will add content if need be, or add like a revision, but I don't foresee myself having to blow up any courses for years at this point. Yeah. I don't have any tutorials that have gone completely out of date. I know some tutorials that I did a couple of years ago, they're less relevant because Divi has added features but there's still people that find them and, and get value from them. Um, and then in terms of courses, yeah, same thing, David and, and I, our, our course is it's a business course. And so, yes, it's specific to people that are building a business around WordPress and Divi, but most of the principles are around business and sales and marketing and process and stuff like that. So it doesn't matter if, if Divi, you know, changes everything, which you know, Divi changes pretty quickly. Um, yeah. It's going to remain the same. It's amazing how many people are late to the party because my, my top email growing list layout is I have a layout on uh, five to six columns in Divi, which Divi has now in the builder, but I still get a ton of people signing up yeah. for it. Yeah. 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 We still get some stuff from, you know, stuff that's now native to, to Divi, but Maybe um, people just haven't updated. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, so I, think I think courses, you know, you can definitely do the um, timeless type content. Uh, it, for, from our experience, so like blogging wise, um, you know, some of the biggest articles are the tutorial type and it could be definitely technical time sensitive stuff. Um, yeah. So for so for us, some of the stuff is not timeless and, you know, you try to get to it as quickly as you can. But sometimes it's like we have a million things going on. There's a post that maybe a class or something like that changed in and we try to circle back around and fix stuff as often as we can. Um, but, it, you know, so, you know, so maybe courses can be timeless. In our experience, blog posts, uh, for the most part, like tutorials do a lot better than, um, you know, maybe a lifestyle type type. Piece. And that's you can update a tutorial, a blog post. But what's tricky is you can't you can't put a new video in on YouTube in the same video. So I have a couple of videos that are still valid, but I have better ways of doing them. And I'm trying to think of like, do I just name the new video, the same title, or maybe say 2.0 or 2019? Yeah. You uh, do, I'm trying to think about like how to 2.0 2019. And then you could add a, I forgot what YouTube calls it, like a link, link or something. The little that like flashes up a banner and says, I have a new updated video that will show you this. So when they're watching it, they get that little alert and they can mm -hmm. click over. So you don't the other lose thing you can do is you can change the cover screen, I think. And so one of the, like when I had essential grid ones that then changed in the old one, I changed the cover screen. So the cover screen said, this is an old video. Please ah, see the link for the so new video. So you're talking the thumbnail, the thumbnail. Yeah. So that when they're searching it, it might turn up, but then they immediately see, oh, there's a new ah. version. And they click through to that newer version. That's genius. That was worth me coming on Divi Chat today. That there is great. I'm excited. And then you can also uh, update the description too and have it at the top. So when people are reading, yeah. like watch the I new never one. never read yeah. descriptions. All right. Well, we are running close on time. Um, and... I know we definitely want to do some parting thoughts today. I got to tell you, if you don't, if you don't join us live when we do these, you know, Divi chat, Divi chats recorded each week, live 4 PM central, um, get your time converter out and wherever you live, figure it out. But we're here and it's really fun. I've been cracking up at the, the comments in the chat today, uh, because it's yeah, I, I think we spun off a new like barbecue foodie web developer podcast, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> There's also really good resources often and strategies talked about in there too. Some people have dished Absolutely. out some really good ideas. Yeah. 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 There's a whole other valuable content in the chat script alone. So if you're listening yeah. to this on iTunes or any other like podcasting platform, as opposed to YouTube, head on over to YouTube sometimes and, and check out the chat and uh, kind of follow it along in there. You'll, you'll get some good nuggets because the audience does have some really good feedback and stuff when we're covering topics. And it means um, you can ask questions as we're talking. So like if there's something on that topic you want to ask the question, we do actually look at the chat as we go as well. Absolutely. All right. So where do we want to... Um, got a few minutes left do we want to start parting thoughts now because parting thoughts might be longer today than <laughs> i can kick us off with a quick one go ahead i was just going to say and i jotted this down because i was going to bring it up earlier but i would figure i figured i'd save it as a parting pot and i was a uh, parting thought i was just going to say start small and it doesn't because it's really easy when you're doing tutorials or you're marketing a course or a product or a plugin or even your services for that matter to look at competition and get real down on yourself. Like right now, I think I have just over 9,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is awesome. It's really cool. But then I look at like 
Darren, Daryl Wilson and some of these other guys and uh, Adam Dup from WP Crafter. And some of these guys have like 100,000 followers. But I realized like, you know what? Things are going awesome right now. And I'm like the community that's surrounding this is great. And it's not too much for me to handle as a one man shop doing this. So I would say start small. What I would say is whatever you do that works for 10 can work for 100. Whatever you do for 100 will more than likely work for 1,000 and so on. So I think it's important to get your strategies and your methods and your heart in the right place for a small group. And then, then you can scale it. Then you can build those systems to really take it to the next level. Because I'm still, I'll just be honest, I have 3,000 subscribers on my email list, which is like nothing compared to most web design folks. But I, it is working. Like I'm selling enough no. courses to be able to take this to the next level. So that's really good. 3,000 is, is a lot of most Do you know how many subscribers I have? I'm going to tell you, I'll Josh, do. don't have 3,000 subscribers. I'll tell you how many subscribers I, I have on my MailChimp list. I think it's five. <laughs> well, <laughs> most of them don't want to go do subscribe that. to you. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck trying. Yeah. And, and <laughs> if you ever get anything, crickets. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, those are some great, great, valuable points. Absolutely. But don't, don't think that 3,000 email subscribers aren't a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot more than a lot of people. Uh, you're comparing yourself to people that have, you know, been doing it a lot longer than you and stuff. I mean, I can, I remember like when said, Josh quality is way more yeah. important than quantity. Cause you're just going to yeah. end up paying for all those subscribers. And if they're just crap quality and they're not actually that interested, you're far better to have a small, good quality list than a really big Absolutely. one that doesn't even care. Yeah, we just called ours. Uh, I just called ours, you know, December, you know, a couple of months ago. And, you know, we took, I want to say 10,000 people off our email list, you know. Hey, you don't want it? No problem. <laughs> We're paying for you anyways, and I'd rather not pay for you if you're, you know, don't not, not interested in seeing the stuff that we're bringing to you and stuff. So, um I appreciate that, David. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, cool. I think, you know, Josh, I've seen, you know, I was fortunate enough to be one of the first probably 10 people in the original Facebook Divi group. Yeah. And I've seen each one of these people in this screen, with the exception of Corey. Corey and I came in at the same time. Um, but the other three, I've seen everybody come into the community and I've watched them grow and I've watched them from day one. And I got to say, you did, you've done a, a really, really great job um, with everything that you've done on your business side, your courses side. Um, you weren't afraid. And here's part of a parting thought, I guess. Dang it. I wasn't going to say this, but I guess I'm going <laughs> to say this. Don't be afraid to do it just because somebody else is doing it. Yeah. If there's a product or something out there that you want to do and you're passionate about, just because other people are doing it does not mean that people won't purchase from you. Because Josh is a perfect example. He came into a an already what most people would have viewed as an overcrowded system that had a ton of product and course creators and even Facebook groups and tutorial creators. And he just came in and one foot in front of the other and did his own thing and has built up, in my opinion, one of the best Facebook groups out there. Um, he has built up a good YouTube following. I enjoy his tutorials. Um, I love his Facebook posts with his daughter. Uh, so, you know, it puts a smile on my face during the day and stuff. So, you know, don't be afraid to not 
go for it, you know, go for it, you know. So that's go. Who's next? Dang it. Definitely. Are we going to go in? Take turns talking about how awesome Josh is because I could go all day <laughs> yeah, too. Feel free. Go I, ahead. I, I, no, I think I should start talking about how awesome. I, I'm going to say his daughter awesome. is is very cute. So if I'm ever uh, adorable, I'm, I'm getting. What started. I really should do is put her head her headshot <laughs> on all my courses, and I'll probably sell a ton of those. <laughs> uh, my parting thought. I'm going to keep it brief. Um, I'm just going to say, that, you know, you, you have to listen to people, of course, and 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 their input, but at the same time, you have to have thick skin. And you're going to get the trolls. You're going to get people replying back to your emails that you're sending out. You're going to get the nasty comments on your blog posts and YouTube channel. Don't take, um, don't take everything to heart. If it's constructive criticism, listen to it. But if it's people, you know, just being mean, I mean, we get people reply back to our, our sales emails and things like God awful, like, you know, things about my mother and and things like that. Um, It's amazing what people say, but just have have thick skin and you know don't let other people discourage you from your goal and your passion but at the same time listen to constructive criticism and, and learn from it great point awesome uh i guess my final parting thought is and i'm just going to reiterate what i said earlier because i think it's really important and that's focus on the back end in terms of the sales stuff and on the front end focus on on pure value and you'll grow an audience. You'll have a big email list. You'll have people that trust you, like you. So then when you do have something on the back end to promote that's paid, um, they're going to buy it because you've already earned their trust and and credibility and and all that good stuff. So I'll leave it there. Awesome. Sarah, you got anything you want to say? My parting thought is create free content. So um, if you're someone like me, you don't actually have any products and you don't Um, you don't know if you will have products in the future other than just selling to clients. My suggestion is create free content for people because they love seeing it and you just never know where it's going to lead to. You never know what it might produce in the future. Um, Don't be like me and don't create a um, email list. I really should have done that and I haven't done that, but it's never too late. Yeah, I know. This year Look out for Endure's website because we're going to be launching a rebrand. But um, yeah, I think creating free content for people because what it will do for you is it will show that pe- show other people that you are an expert, that you know what you're talking about. And then if you do decide to create products in the future, then they're going to be more likely to buy from you. All right. And my last marketing tips and strategies for you are... I don't know. We've said a lot. I was going to give this quick, fast rundown spiel, but I'm not going to. I'm going to just give you an example that parlays what Sarah said and what everybody has said. Um, And this is the power and the value of putting out valuable free content and what it returns and stuff. Two weeks ago, we released an ebook. It was 130 pages long. It had every Divi's e-selector, all kinds of valuable content and gave it away for free. It's been downloaded over 2,500 times in two weeks. So, and that was free and it did cost time as money. And there was a lot of work that went into that thing, but you know, the the return that it's, it's, is it going to bring value to people? Absolutely. Is it going to help them? 100%. But it will also, it brought in a whole bunch of new people into our ecosystem, you know? So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to to do the free stuff because it's going to return 10,000 fold, you know. 
All right. Well, it's been a great Divi chat. We're going to see you guys next week. And let me see what the topic is. Uh-oh. How to communicate with clients is what the spreadsheet says. Don't hold me to that because it's liable to change. We've been known to do that before. Um, but the spreadsheet says next week we're going to talk about how to communicate with clients, which is an important topic. So, Tim, do I get to steal your closing line? Take <laughs> no. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's it's trademarked. Right. We'll see you all next week. You got to take right, Tim. You got to take care. Ten, 10 cents a time if you're going to say that. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody.